I just told Richie we rich. Today's guest, Adam Small, aka Wasp Life on Instagram. How's it going, man? Good. Good to be here. Yeah, welcome to New York. Welcome back. My favorite city. Hell yeah. Heard you might move out here soon. You know, back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth. So I wanted to start off, if you could tell everyone where you're from and then talk a little bit about the moment where you knew that music could be a career for you. Um, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Um, you know, I really just, I didn't really know music was a thing that you could really do make, make a career out of. Um, I remember I needed an internship to graduate college. And I just didn't, I was in, Indi- I was in Indiana at Butler and it was just kind of really boring. And all my friends in like business school were doing like banking internships. That just sounded really whack to me. Huh. <laughs> it's not my vibe. So I actually like Googled internships in entertainment in California. And I just thought maybe I'll get like a job, like, you know, maybe at a recording studio or just kind of be around some stuff. And I found one and I ended up, you know, meeting an internship coordinator and he helped me like find a gig. Um, it was originally going to be like one of the major labels, but I wasn't really feeling any of like the, what they're offering. And I ended up linking with Snoop Dogg's camp. And Ooh, my okay. first internship was, was working for Snoop at his agency called Stampede Cashmere. Yeah. And it was like right when he was doing the reincarnated Snoop Lion. You That's know. a great agency. Yeah. They do a lot of great work. Shout out to Ryan Ford. Cool. Head of creative. Yeah. Rona Mercado, you know, good people up there. Um, and just really, you know, experience a different lifestyle and really getting to, you know, see that you can have a job and something you're passionate about. It doesn't really feel like work. Yeah. You know, and um, just kind of took that and went back to school and finished. And then once I graduated, I was like, I'm going back out there to do that again. Oh, so you did that like over the summer? Yeah. It was like right before my, I had to do a victory lap. I was like in my fourth year. I need another year. Um, ended up being, college ended up being kind of a waste of time, but. You know, it was what it was at the time. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, it sounds funny. I want to like smoke weed and just like listen to music and see if I could have a, a way to make a way doing that. And that's what it was. Oh, that was, that was the vibe. So that's cool, man. Yeah. I moved to New York to work for a label too. And then I ended up meeting Gary. So what label Atlantic. Okay. Yeah. So that's a cool, cool story. How'd you meet the cashmere people? Um, through that, through that coordinator that was like doing the internships, um, he had a friend who worked in the same agency Okay. and it was just kind of just like good timing. And, you know, obviously they love to not pay interns. So like, why would they want an extra <laughs> hand? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it just worked, worked out really well. Cool, man. I know you manage a handful of people, but I, I'm really interested about you managing songwriters. Like, I don't know many managers of songwriters. And I wanted to know if you could like elaborate a little bit about like what that all entails or what your main focus is with the songwriters. So, you know, I really got into managing songwriters and producers because I was working as an A&R. So when I, you know, A&R is curating records. So I'm setting up sessions, trying to deliver good music. And it just made sense to me to have the right talent, like in my pocket, as far as like, if I need to execute a session for an artist, I want to have a songwriter that will fit their vibe. I want to have producers that fit their vibe. And when you're running their business, just having them on deck is super helpful. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, just through the, through the, the process of that, it just, we, we were good at it and we just kept getting our people into bigger sessions and eventually doing publishing deals and, you know, really just allowing those creatives who may not be artists 
to have a way to make a living in music. So it's kind of like, I view like the publishing space and the songwriting producer space as like the middle class in the industry. You know, a lot of people are either assistants or like managers at a managerial level. And then there's like songwriters and producers who are kind of behind the scenes, but kind of make the industry go around. And then you have like your high level execs and, and artists, right? Yeah. So I view like the songwriting and producing space as like a way to really let people who are very talented, but may not actually be an artist, get out, get out their dreams and make money doing what they love. And so do you take a lot of uh, guidance from the songwriters, like where, where they want to take their career? Or are you mostly like setting it up and you're like, this, this artist is hot or this, here we have this opportunity? I mean, a lot of what I do as a manager at A&R is really maximizing on what, what the artist or the, or the writer or producer wants to do. So, you know, once I identify what they're good at, I'm then looking for opportunities, but also t- discussing with them ways that they can further their vision for what they want to do. You know, some people are in it just to make money, right? Some people are yeah. in it, they just want placements. They just want, you know, they just want to like have the track record. Some people want, you know, the clout, the fame, the, they want to actually eventually move out of music into a different business space. So as, a, as their business arm, it's my job to help guide them and make their visions come to life. Yeah. And you were talking about like setting up studio sessions. I know you were telling me a little bit about one of your producers um, being in the studio and the session ended up being Hot Girl Summer. Yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, I was doing some sessions for one of my artists signed to my label artistry. Her name is Nevea Jolie and she's actually on Def Jam now. Okay. Um, one, of, one of the new artists. Thank you. Um, and yeah, we were just curating records for her and, you know, sometimes you just put the right producers and songwriters in the room because you, you know, they'll work well together. Right. But not everything, not every idea, idea comes out as a, you know, a tailor-made idea for the artist that they're in for. It may just be a dope song that the artist may pass on, whatever. One of those records ended up being Hot Girl Summer. That's a huge record. Yeah, so we got we got the initial demo done. But that's the, it was a good learning lesson because that record, it wasn't like we intended to make that song for Megan Thee Stallion. It was originally going to be for Drake with Megan Thee Stallion. A lot oh, of people wow. don't know that. Okay. Um, Derek Milano wrote it. Exclusive. Exclusive. Shout out to Derek. Um, and, you know, once we finished the initial production um initially done by bone collector who i was managing at the time yeah um we gave it to juicy j and he read some drums like kind of made it more like trapped out and and uh gangster i guess you would say like kind of yeah. it was originally like a more of a uh, uh a major key uplifting temp like tempo kind of like an almost in a dance hall vibe and then you know juicy j got it they got megan the stallion on it and then Derek, who was working really closely with Nicki minaj at the time um, was able to kind of facilitate that. I don't know if a lot of people remember, but Nikki and Megan got on a live. Like, you know, it was really a big deal because, like, Nikki was kind of, like, not on the outs, but, like, she was kind of, like, polarized that summer as, like, an artist between, you know, her and Cardi had their riff, whatever. Yeah. But, like, it's still Nikki. It's like yeah, of course. The queen of hip-hop. Like, probably the best female rapper to date with what she's done track record-wise, Also right? a huge social following. Huge social following. Work. So the internet kind of broke when her and Megan got on live. Yeah. And then that night, I'm pretty sure they went to that crib to get on, to have her get on Hot Girl Summer. And it was interesting. Like, you know, the term Hot Girl Summer was trending before the song came out. Right. The song was kind of just the added whipped cream on the top just to like, this has to happen. It doesn't have to be like a, a culturally altering record, which I don't think it was, but I think it was an important moment in time. You know, and it, it kind of was just like a, just a cool vibe, cool thing to be a part of. And that that was a good learning lesson because you really never know where the hit's coming from. Right. You know, and like 
to have like something that was kind of fallout from like your main focus become a number one record on radio. It's kind of amazing. Platinum too. Like it was just like, Oh, that happened. Sweet. Yeah. 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 I saw it just went platinum. What? Like at the end of last year. Uh, yeah. End of last year, <clears throat> last year. So that was cool. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then you mentioned artistry. So like you're co-president of artistry records. Yeah, right? I, was, I was just, I was just, uh, given that title end of last year. Um, started interning for artistry in 2014. So like six years ago, um, for Max Goose, who's right. like an industry veteran, I've been doing it for 30 years. And I started off as like a social media intern and just was never really cool with like being an intern. So I started, you know, developing artists and doing that on my own, which is actually how I started managing producers and songwriters. Okay. And then I ended up coming into a more expanded role when we found Sweetie. Right. And I had to develop her from day one. Yeah, and that's how we met. That's how we met. Through Sweetie. Yeah. And artistry has really grown over the past, you know, two, two, two to three years. Um, you know, now we have four artists that we have in collaboration with major labels that we've developed. We have probably have another six slated for this year, which we're really excited about. And just kind of growing that company, you know, I had to build a whole A&R department. So obviously managing, producing songwriters, going to your question earlier, was really beneficial. Yeah. Worked out. Absolutely. So tell, tell us a little bit about Sweetie Man, because, um, you know, Gary loves her. I love her. Like, we love the music we playlist it. We show her love on social um, it's always love when we see her, but could you tell us a little bit about like working with her, like what it's like and what her career has been so far? I mean, working with Sweetie is actually, it's really amazing because she has a great pulse on what her fans want. I re- I mean, my type, her most recent like hit record was, you know, great success. What was interesting was from the jump, people want her to do feature collaborations. And she was like, no, I don't want to do any features. And a lot of people didn't understand it, me included. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Hip hop is a feature, like it's really feature driven. Yeah. But she has two records, both of them platinum on her first two EPs with no features. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting when, you know, when you have an artist who can break the mold yeah. and really know what her fan, what her fans want and what resonates with her. Right. Cause you think about icy girl, which was her first hit. That was, you know, we identified that off of a car rap on Instagram two and a half years ago. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm car saying? Rap. And we recorded it. And it came out as a minute 50, you know, and, you know, and it, it worked. It was a cover uh, or not cover, but it was, we used the, the Kaya beat from a neck, my back. And she gave a record that spoke to so many girls as like, you can empower yourself, be a boss. And that kind of like led to her whole, her whole icy brand. Right. Right. And then it's just like with my type, it was just, you know, it resonated. That's the thing. You never act. My type wasn't the, the intended single off her second project. We put the project out and it raised its hand. And next, you know, you pivot, but I'll say this. She wanted that record on that project. We pushed the date back like three weeks just because she wanted that song on there. And she wanted Whoa, to right. Really? It was crazy. You really never know where the hits coming from. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So sweetie's a worker. I mean, she's always on the move. Um, whether she's, you know, hosting or doing a brand launch or developing her own cosmetic line, like she really works and it it really makes you want to work. You know, it's, it elevates your game knowing that your client is going as hard as hard as fuck. Can I say that on here? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Going hard as fuck. So you gotta go hard as fuck. You don't want to look weak. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like working, it's a blessing working with sweetie because one, I developed her from day one, but also to like see the growth and have it be like an equal trajectory in the sense of just, we work our asses off. And, you know, I'm a big believer that you can outwork talent, but you can't outwork talent that works hard. So 
it's a good, it's a good, like, I guess you would say like synergy within the squad. Yeah. We had, um, one manager on here who was telling me the same, the same outlook on working with an artist where really it's like, everyone agrees that you really just amplify what the artist is doing. You know, the harder the artist works, the bigger everything's going to be. For sure. I mean, I've always told new clients like that approach me for management or to help them build out their business. You guys have to be the CEO of your shit. It's your vision. We're just here to maximize on what you want to do. Show you some cool shit along the way. But in reality, I can't tell you how to be an artist. I can't tell you what made you become interesting to me. Like if you're popping in the street and you know how to make music, the street fucks with, I'm not going to pretend like I'm from your neighborhood and know what that is. I'm going to show you how to get out of, just being segmented into that demographic. What can we do to cross you over is the main focus and help you become as big as you want to be. Not everyone wants to be LeBron James, <laughs> right? I mean, some people are cool just being like a relevant artist. Maybe they want to be an artist that eventually wants to go into fashion or whatever, use that platform. But some people want to be the best ever. And to be honest, everyone that I work with is someone who's trying to be a flagship artist or writer or producer. They aren't trying to be like, second tier to anyone. Right. And that motivates me to work hard and motivates them to, to go hard. Okay. Talking about every artist you work with, um, Nico bands is someone who I am a fan of. And I want to know with him being a new artist, independent, someone you manage, like what's the plan there, man? Cause a lot of people listening are independent artists. A lot of people listening are emerging artists, emerging artist managers. That's the like core fan base of the podcast. So, they're probably in a similar situation as Nico, you know? So like maybe if you could shed some light on like what you guys are trying to do next or how you met him even. So I met Nico. This is actually funny how I find a lot of my artists is I follow tastemakers online. Yeah. I found out who Nico was because of a producer who was from new Orleans that I follow posted a record of his. This was four years ago. Dang. Okay. Um, and I was, I was in LA and I hit him up. He's like, I'm in LA. Let's link. And we linked up. I think he was going out there to do a show opening for famous decks at the time. Wow. And we linked up and I just loved his energy. Like I could, I could see that he's a star. It's weird to, to like, I guess you would say put value on that, but it, there's intangibles. Like when you see someone who is just the man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's always that kid in high school who just like, all the girls fuck with them or like, he's just the cool kid. Like there's no reason for it. It's just how he is, how, how his energy fits into his landscape. So I identify that with Nico early, but you know, with Nico, it was, it was interesting. I was like, you, he was at such a ground level that he was bubbling, but I couldn't step in to improve his situation yet. So we just kept the relationship going for like two, two years. And then just recently I brought him on for management. And now we're getting ready to release a whole bunch of work. We're talking a project every month four to five videos a month and we're just going to run up, build oh, the wow. hype up. So, so the game plan is content then content. Yeah. Shout out to Gary V. Shout out to Gary V. I mean, the reality is man, when you're trying to gain new fans, you can't be scared to put shit out. Yeah. They don't know who you are and you don't know until you know what works. You have to try everything. Yeah. You don't know where the hits coming from. Right. To so quote you, yeah, exactly. You never know. So, I, and Nico agrees with that. And he just wants to work. He work, he outworks everyone. So, you know, he'll go to, he'll be in LA and he'll go back to new Orleans and come back with five videos done. And I won't even know he did the videos. He'll just be like, yeah, I did this while I was home. Check these out. What do you like? And then we use our, you know, internet marketing teams 
to really you know cue them up and put them in the right circles and try to see which ones ca- which ones catch. So he's um, not waiting on you to do videos. He's just working Nico ain't hard. waiting on nobody. Yeah, that's good. Like he in his in his his favorite quote is "It's time." Huh. Like he lives in the present, and I fuck with that. Yeah. And because he's not trying to sound like anyone else, like Nico puts me on other artists too. Like he'll be in the studio and tagging people. I'll be like, oh, like who is that? And then you'll click on you'll click on their name and you'll never you've never heard of them before, but they're they're verified and like five hundred thousand followers. Yeah, the internet's crazy. The internet's crazy. Like look at Rod Wave. Yeah, Rod Wave. Shout out no to Rod Wave. No idea who Rod Wave was. Shout out to Zeke at Alamo. Shout out, shout out to Zeke. Shout out to Buddy. Shout out to Todd Moskowitz. Shout out to the whole team. Whole team. You we know who he was. And then next thing you know, he drops an album and it premieres top ten. Yeah. But it's like, and now he's popping. Like it's on the radio. People are starting to discover it. But like a lot of things can happen on a micro level in this game, but you don't know it's going to catch until you put it out. Yeah. That's you know? true. So, I mean, that's just how I look at it. And, and it's great to work with artists who aren't waiting to see, you know, they understand the right artists understand that when there's an opportunity to make a connection, we can do that like that. That's how be ready. So you don't have to get ready. Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah, even the um, the artist we just had in the office earlier today, J.I., the Prince of NY, um, is his full name on Spotify, and he dropped two projects at the end of last year, back-to-back. It's like, why not? If it's, if you believe in the product, like, why not, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it starts with yourself, though. You got to believe you're the shit. If I, if I can't go to an artist and tell them that, I think their shit's whack and they aren't ready to tell me to go fuck myself. Then they aren't ready to be an, be a star. No one is not, you're not going to, no one is going to like, it's impossible to please everybody. You got to be like very secure and confident with what you do. And look, look at like Takashi six, nine. You know how many people told the kid with the rainbow hair? Like, you know, I mean, aside from all the other political shit going on, but like this guy crushed it for a long time doing what he wanted to do and creating shock value. And believing that he was the best. You're going to keep seeing that with guys like Pop Smoke, all these new people, they start coming up. Like they're just making a different type of sound and they're just going with it. And they're selling you on making you believe this is the shit. Yeah, that's true. A lot of artists who pop up have a different sound and I'm sure no one really believed in them or most people didn't, but they believed in themselves. Well, it goes beyond that. It's like creating the shock value, right? Like sonically, a lot of the music that you hear today, like you wouldn't think is dope until everyone else co-signs it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's just interesting to see, like, um, what's that? The guy, uh, Drip, uh, Fabio, Fabio Foreign. If I heard that song just like randomly and like someone sent it to me, I don't know if I would identify that as a hit record. Yeah. But then you see, you start to catch. You see it live on a at micro shows. level, live at shows, and you're like, this shit's like really cool, and like it's memorable, and people fuck with it. You never know where it's coming from. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So last question, man, could you talk about one of the artists you work with who, um, as besides sweetie and besides, uh, Nico bands who like you feel really comfortable with because of their work ethic and like what you learned from them? Yeah, I would say Gino, Gino, the ghost. Okay. Um, you know, Gino and I have been close friends for about five years. When, okay. when I met him, he was just doing his rap thing. But I always try to get him to write for other people. And he ended up becoming like one of the more in-demand writers over the past, you know, year and a half in Los Angeles. Um, you know, he's 
written records for the Chainsmokers. He's had number one records. He's gone to Korea to write K-pop. And he is an artist too. But it's like, I feel like because he got in the gym, so to speak, writing for other big artists, that it made his art, his art form much, much more fluid. Like he's a, he's a next level writer. So now it's just about just finding the song that connects. Yeah. And because he's in 14 sessions a week doing huh. doubles every day, it's like, wow, he's really grinding. Yeah. So me as a manager and as his friend too, like I'm going to do whatever I can to help him succeed because he's fucking grinding. Yeah. It's really like, you don't want to help someone who's lazy. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to see that people want it and when people want it. Like you want to help them. At least I do. So I'm really inspired by Gino. Um, and it's great cause we have a great synergy in working because he's never afraid to give a record away. He'll write a dope song that may be for him, but if, you know, if Post Malone wants it or Drake's looking at it, like give it to him. I'll write another song. Yeah. That's a good attitude. Frequency, man. Put the shit out. Yeah. You know, I was going to ask you before you came in, I was thinking, how do you juggle everything? But you only work with people who are hungry. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like, I have probably 20 or so products I work on where I'm running point, whether that's a management client or, or an A&R client at artistry. And a lot of, I think the key to what I do is that we're a team. I've really instilled that kind of culture in what we, in what we work on. Like whether it's Gino or Cronkite or producer I have, or the do twins or, you know, um, Adam Bukas. Like I have a, or the morgue even like I have like seven to eight producers that I work with. And because I have nine to 10 products I'm A&Ring, I make sure that they're working on those projects and that they're working with all the other writers that I work with or other people in the industry. Like because they believe that a rising tide raises all the ships, they're cool working with each other. Yeah. They want to see everyone win. So that just empowers them to go harder and harder. A lot of synergy. A lot of synergy. And like you said, because they're going hard, I go hard. But I don't have an assistant. I do this shit myself. We just, you know, when, when, the, when the artist is the team, is part of the team, and you're working in partnership, it makes you go much smoother. Yeah. You know what, actually, besides an artist, like someone on your team, you know, you just said you don't have a intern or anything like that. But, like, who who's someone you work with on the professional side that you've learned from, and then what did you learn? I mean, for sure, Max Goose. It's been my mentor, one of my close friends for six years. I mean, a little background on him. Um, I mean, he worked with Beyonce for eight years, A&R, her biggest records. Um, L.A. Reid and him worked at Def Jam together, and he signed YG, developed Mustard, Ty Dollar Sign. And, you know, like he has a track record of making hits and having longevity. So when I want to get into the game, I really pinpointed him as someone I want to work for because I understood that, I could assist him and know that I need to assist him to learn his game. Yeah. And him just being such a, a powerhouse of an exec and as a mentor and like, and me understanding his point of view on how this shit works to stay around has helped me, you know, solidify my game. I mean, we work well together. He, he's a great manager. He's a great marketing mind and he's a great A&R. So working with someone who you can learn from on a daily basis is to me, it's like the best education you can get. You know, I went to school for, for finance, right? But working for Max, I went. I feel like I got an MBA from Harvard in the music business. <laughs> and it wasn't always easy. It wasn't always getting paid. It's like doing a lot of grunt work that you don't really understand, you know, the methods of the madness. But now when you elevate your game and you're now around other execs and your counterparts, you see how this 
working for someone like that can really harden you and make you a next level exec. You know, because you have to know, like, you have to wear every hat if you really want to win. Yeah. You can't just wait for the game to come to you. You have to really go get that shit. I didn't, the reason I'm in New York right now is I had an artist that I identified blowing up on TikTok. They dropped a song on Friday. The song's already over a million views on Spotify. I flew to New York five hours after talking to the artist on the phone. I wasn't going to wait to bring them to LA because I knew every other label was going to reach out to them. I thought to myself, how would Max handle the situation? And yeah, I'd say he'd get on the fucking plane and deal with that shit. And I did. You see what I'm saying? Like it's understanding you have to have that person in your head. Like how would, how would I, how would they handle the situation? Yeah. Cause like there's no blueprint to this shit. Right. You're just doing your best educated guess, but it's like, go hard, take no prisoners and just kind of like learn from the people you're around. I learn from people beneath, like not beneath me, but like people that like work for us. I learn from everyone, video directors, fashion designers, interns. Like there's so much to learn because you can't be an expert of all trades. Right. You're always listening. Always, always listening, always observing, and like I'm learning from y'all. Content. That's why they call you the was. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. <I> guess. <laughs> no background. You your was life because boss life was taken. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good memory. Yeah, I remember that. That was remember the funniest that. funniest thing I ever. Won't heard. remember a meeting you had that was very substantial. Remember where your Instagram name came from. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mike Boy. All right. Well, thanks for coming, man. Appreciate you. Really well, appreciate you. you Hell yeah. I just told Richie we rich. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, subscribe, rate, and review. And stay tuned for episodes every Monday.